Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Connect with DP City. Today I have my beautiful, beautiful wife in here with me and Ooh. the captain of the ship himself, yeah. Pastor Bob Beckett. Ooh. El Capitan. El Capitan. <laughs> El Capitan. <laughs> if you could, if you, like, it's hard to say because you being ordained, you can marry someone anyways, but isn't it cool that if you're a captain of a boat, you are legally able to ordain someone still oh, yeah. on your boat. Yeah, you can do funerals. Of course, you don't. You don't have to have a license to do a funeral. Yeah, but you do for a wedding. Right. Yeah. But if you're a boat captain, mm, like that would be so mm -hmm. cool. Have you ever heard of anyone getting married on a boat? Yeah. Yeah. I know people that have. We wanted to at one point to get married on land and on sea. Yeah, I would love that or way. We're sea, we're married <laughs> in what do they call it? Like where there's no law. What do they call it? Like neutral Common. water. Common law? Or, con no, like neutral waters or something. Oh, oh, you're talking about really. Yeah. yeah. So that we're married, like, on neutral waters. We're so married it's like everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> there are people that do it on their cruise ships. That's so cool. The captain of the cruise ship says, okay, we'll book it, and they marry him on the ship. I don't know if it's still... If, I've always said that if God was going to put me in another time period, it would have been, like, when there was pirates and stuff, because I love the ocean, and, like, I'm a great swimmer and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if there still is, but a few years ago there was a cruise. There was a, a an old fashioned wooden like pirate sailing ship. As and a cruise ship. As a cruise. Whoa. You had to work though. You were a crew, <laughs> so you Swap paid. The deck, matey. Yeah, you paid to sail the pirate ship, it and you would sail for like seven days. Yeah, it's like a whole experience. <laughs> and I would have been down to do that, except for I'm extremely lazy, and that does not sound like a great. I wonder vacation. if there had to be qualifications. What happened? There has show? to be so many people on board that right. actually know what they're doing. Yeah, I, just like, I wonder what the the rate of the amount of people who sign up. They get thrown off because <laughs> they walk the plank. <laughs> Overboard. They're like, oh, this is awesome. This Thinking is they're real authentic experience. <laughs> you wake up with a cutlass at your throat. Like, oh my gosh. Why is the rum always gone? <laughs> no, that's funny. Jack Sparrow. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. So, speaking of pirates and stuff, we're a few survivors in here. We have yeah, survived yeah. a hurricane. Yeah. Oh, in wow. Look at this. I know. It was crazy, right? This is nuts. <laughs> I think them East Coasters are probably just laughing their butts off at us. I they agree. are on Facebook. Right? Yeah. People, I've, I've talked to people in uh, in Florida. They're, they're laughing at us. They're thinking, I feel like you, you got some raindrops. Idiots. Yeah. yeah. People but, were lining but, up at the fire station mm -hmm. for sandbags, for um, like the store. From what I've been told, the stores were like empty with. Right. From their water, their food. The San, Diego, <laughs> the San Diego Costco was cleaned out. See, that out. I understand a little bit more than Hemet and San Jacinto because they are, like, on the coast. Yeah. So, like, they definitely got hit with more wind and rain than we did. However, when I went grocery shopping on Sunday after church, there was a lot of, like, water and, mm -hmm. like, toilet paper missing. And mm -hmm. I'm walking down the ice cream aisle, like, grabbing, <laughs> <laughs> grabbing them. And I'm looking over, and there's a bunch of people in line with rice. Panic and, on their face. Yeah, they have rice and toilet paper and water. And I'm, like, grabbing Hot Pockets out of the freezer. And I'm like, I don't know what you guys are tripping for. Well, it's rain. The power didn't go out in a lot of places. And right. The only real damage in California is the 10 freeway. I saw that. That's shut down right. But that's a sewage issue. Like they, that's a drainage issue. They didn't properly prepare for yeah, well, that a, was, a lot of water. That was runoff. Yeah, and, and it flooded the, um, the the freeway. But wow. yeah, I, you know. But that's about it, you know. And I think people are prone to be paranoid right now because mm -hmm. of COVID. What we went through in COVID, and it's a conditioning. I personally believe it's a conditioning. Others may not, but I think they're trying to condition the people. You know what the condition is? <laughs> what the stimulus check. <laughs> yeah. Hey, tell me a hurricane's coming if you have a stimulus check in the mail. I'll believe you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think they just sent out another PEBT or something like that. Something like that. For yeah. the kids. I had no idea. Yeah. Well, and they're sending things out to employees, uh, employers rather, that if you uh, had a hardship uh, taking care yeah. of your employees, then there's some kind of benefit. Mm. You know, but it's like, nah, I don't want anything from the government. Right. Know? Let's. Let the Lord take care of this. This is his. It belongs to him. doesn't belong to any one of us. He'll take care of it. It makes me wonder, like, especially with, like, churches, like, how are you going to prove that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, if anything, the we, church, we probably did more, like, in, in some sense, you know, like, making sure people are taken care of, 
praying for him. Yeah. Um, ministry opportunities were popping up nonstop. Well, and you guys know we didn't close. You know, right. well, technically there were two Sundays where, you know, we had Online. Uh, one Sunday we didn't, and then we started having services outside, mm-hmm. which was, were you guys here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, you saw <laughs> people were sitting on their roof oh, around it. the property, around the church property. Wasn't it just like a beautiful, just like presence of God in just like a different state? It really was. It really was. Right? And, and yet, you know, we're looking out at an ocean of cars. You can't see the people. Right. But, uh, you know, and there were times when I would say something in the, in the message and, uh, for them to respond, they flash their lights. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. or honk their horns. Oh, honk their horns. Yeah, yeah. I, that's what I like. I love about our churches. You know, a lot of times when you hear people talk about church, yeah. especially during COVID time, they'll they'll say like, "Oh, our numbers are low. COVID killed us. COVID took us out." But our church really grew yeah. during mm-hmm. COVID. There's a, a lot of a lot of people who kind of blew blew up a little bit during COVID. It, it's an awesome they thing. They were definitely in support of the fact that we were like, we're still well, going to choose. And one of the best things was Pastor Bob would say from the stage over and over and over again that if you're here just because we're open, you're welcome. But when your home church right. opens, go back. Go back. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I love that because it shows the honor and integrity of right. our pastor, you know. Like, yeah, we'll welcome you for as long as you need to be here. But when your home church opens up, you need to go yeah. back to your pastor. And people, for the most part, did. Yeah. Right. But there were, there were some that visited around. And then when uh, COVID was over and things were opened up, they didn't go back. Yeah. Well, they and found they a new. they didn't stay with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Yeah, there's definitely a bunch of people that after, co- after they realized COVID wasn't the coming of the virus that was going to kill everyone right they're like okay no need to have a relationship with god now i call it an airplane jesus a lot of people like an airplane jesus you know they like to live their life however they can once they start seeing fire in the engine of the airplane they're like oh god help me help me help me you know yeah it's the airplane god well it's it's the comfortability i think people just started becoming conformed like yeah. how you're seeing, mm-hmm. conditioned right. to like, oh, okay, I don't have to get up on a Sunday or I don't have to right. now go on a Wednesday. I don't have to like even pray for my food, something as simple as that, you know? Well, the government's trying to condition the people and they're, they're doing a real good job of it. It's incumbent on the church to let the conditioning be positive, let it be a kingdom conditioning rather than driving them mm-hmm. away from That's church, good. you know, so turn what was meant for evil into something good. Right. When they try to scare us off, we just hang on harder and stay on board. Mm. You know, it's like the storm, you know, people were bunkered and, you know. Right. Uh, we, we easily could have opened up the church and said, okay, everyone stay here until the storm passes. But like, it's rain. It's just rain. Like, go home. And it we, was so fun, actually. We had our windows. church in the rain. We had our windows open at our house, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was a beautiful day this morning. It was actually a little cold this morning. Like, oh, my goodness. I love that. was the best really part. You look good. at the forecast and you see not this weekend, but next weekend, it's going to be 110 again. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. oh, man. I'll my concern, though, was watching the kids come into school today for the first time, watching the kids come in and letting the children watch and all the hype about what was going on. The parents just went back to acting, acting normal. Yeah, you know, let it go, because the kids are watching the adults. Oh yeah, they learn to be conditioned by the parents and the way they respond. Well, and media does again. The the government they do such a good job at controlling the story. Like yeah. for instance, Kenai. Somehow we never watch the news. I mean, we do, but just not yeah, like yeah. Um, with our children type thing. But he he had seen some one of those like alerts going on about mm-hmm. the the hurricane and so he comes in he's like mom first of all what's a hurricane <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't you have a yeah i mean obviously we don't live on the <laughs> east coast and he's like okay now what is it that's happening because they were so pushing the fact mm-hmm. that it was going to be catastrophic right and then switching it up and having the conversation with him on the way home, like, listen, regardless of what's happening in the world or what's happening with our country or, you know, anything of that sort, our God still stands true. He promised us that he right. was going to keep us safe. He promised us right. that he was going to keep us um, guarded and in within his arms. So no matter what, mm. know that he's still going to stand true through That's it. Right. That's right. And it was kind of funny because he kept like looking at him, he's like, so when's the rainbow going to come? <laughs> and we're like, 
Different flood, bro. <laughs> different, different flood. I was messing with him on as we were leaving the the church. I like peeked open the door. I was like, "Oh no, Kenai." He's like, "What?" I was like, "You better put your hood on." He's like, "Seriously?" I was like, "Yeah." It was like a light drizzle, you know. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna count to three, and you're gonna run to the car as fast as you can." Oh no. He's like, "Okay." I was like, "One, <laughs> two, three. And I opened up the door, and he ran about halfway. And he was like, "I can't do it." He turned around and <laughs> ran back inside. I was like, "You were already halfway there." <laughs> he thought it was hilarious though, and then at that point, he's all plain in the rain and stuff. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> hilarious. Oh my goodness! Man, it was, but what it was is, that's, good that's probably like Peter. You know what yeah. I mean? He got halfway there. He <laughs> was like, good. "I can't do it." It's like you already almost. And there. Jesus is like, "What's your problem, bro?" Like, <laughs> it's harder to go backwards than it is to finish it through. I actually have a question for you. Sure. So you were in the military for how long? Two years. Two years. Okay. So obviously, the military prides itself on being a country man, and you mm-hmm. know being um dedicated to yeah. one's country how 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 do you balance that with obviously being a man of faith but like knowing what our country is doing to us you mean uh how like do you still hold on to that same sense of pride oh absolutely absolutely and i never finished my tour um because i i, I had um i was in college when they i was drafted Okay. So I kind of made a deal with the Army. I'll go for four if you let me finish my college. You'll help me finish my college because I was studying engineering. And uh, But the Lord had another plan because right. I was up for four. But I ended up with a just out of nowhere a bleeding ulcer. And I was going, I was bleeding both directions. Mm. Uh-oh. And I'll never forget the day they came to me and said, deal's off. Mm. I said, what do you mean deals off? He says, we don't want you. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, right. because you, you know, you, I, w- I could have died from bleeding both directions. And so that's how I ended up out of the army. Mm. Lord knew that I was going to end up oh, in a yeah. different army. That's right. A different army. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's so, good. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, did you want me to hit that? I was like singing the song in my head. (laughs) She has this like admiration for those old Sunday school songs. I can't stand them. Well, I grew up on them. Well, so did I, but I I can't stand them. I'm in the Lord's Army. The one with um, Nicodemus up in the up in the how does it go? I don't know. Nicodemus in the apple tree or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Do you remember that one? Not at all. No. You got to remember. He, he was I, a wee little man. I bet you if I said it's Pastor Susan. Pastor Suzanne would, would sing it. You know which one I really. Suzanne or Susan? Suzanne would sing it. She did it with you really? before. Yeah. Oh, that's Nicodemus right. One. You know what I, what song well, you I. forget I'm 75. <laughs> I, I think you're going to remember this one. I loathe the song. Seriously. You can't get to heaven on roller skates. Can't get to he- Oh, my gosh. See, maybe that's why you're part of a different generation of songs. You know that song, that right? Oh, yeah. If a church starts singing that song, I'm out. <laughs> See, when we first, my parents first became believers, um, I mean, you know Pastor Peter Edwards yeah. from New Life. Um, we had the traditional wooden pews yes. and red hem books in front of every single pew and so i mean we when i think i would say when we started going there we were using some from in there and Mm -hmm. then uh the overheads like how pastor season talks about how she used to do so there was a lot of songs that they would sing that were from further back that i did treasure very much i mean yeah i don't want to sing them today on a sunday but i hold true to them because it was a really good time in my life and where our family just took a really good turn. It's good memories. Yeah. Good memories. I wish I had that. You know, I grew up, I went to church. My father was a lay Presbyterian pastor. So he worked in engineering. But uh, on weekends, he would fill in for pastors who were sick or on vacation. And uh, so I grew up in a church environment. I know all those songs. I just didn't know the Lord. Mm. You know, so they stuck with me. Yeah. Until uh, when I was accepted the Lord, man, all of a sudden it all made sense. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that video? It just reminds me of that. Have you seen that video? It's called What Is Your Why? No. You're, you'll love this video. I'll send you the link after this. Okay, but good. It's this Christian comedian, and he's talking to uh, people, and he's like, you know, 
understanding somebody's why is a, is a very important and getting to understand your why is how you can start making your way to success. So he picks a random guy out of the crowd and he couldn't, it had to have been Holy Spirit led because he couldn't have picked a, a better person. Wow. And he goes wow. to the guy and he says, hey, excuse me, sir, like, what do you do for work? And he goes, oh, I'm a choir director or something. He's like, so you can sing? He's like, yeah, I can sing. All right, can you sing Amazing Grace for me? He's like, absolutely. So he belts out a couple lines from Amazing Grace. Beautiful, does an amazing job. Any any other like random person would have just been like floored mm. by his performance. Mm. He says, now I want you to sing Amazing Grace like your grandma died. And then the way he sings Amazing Grace wow. is way different. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, like wow. you're... You, your parents ran out on you, and grandma raised you, and mm. you're the one that's singing at her funeral. How would mm. you sing Amazing mm. Grace? Mm. And when you said that about how, like, you knew all the songs, but you didn't know the Lord, that's what that reminded me of because it's like you might know the, you could sing the song, but are you right. worshiping? Right. And those are two different things. You could sit and sing any song you want at any given time, but are you truly worshiping mm. that's right. the King that's of right. Kings? You that's know? right. And, you know, for me, uh, one of the things I did – I am not musical. I have no, I mean, I have zero musical <laughs> talent. The only thing I can, the only time I can sing, and I don't mean it doesn't doesn't vocally sound good to anybody else, is when I sing it in the spirit, in mm. tongues. Mm. I can sing in tongues. I couldn't, I can't sing a lick. And I love music. Mm. I mm-hmm. absolutely love music, but I, I can't cooperate with it. <laughs> so tell me, what's your favorite genre of music? Genre, yeah, like style. Oh, I like it all. Yeah, I really, I really do. Top three. Top three genres. I don't top, know. Top three bands. Oh, there you oh. go. Oh, oh, yeah, take me back to the Stones. Okay. You know, <laughs> um, you know that era. Mm. I loved all that music. So, Beach Boys or Beatles? Both. Okay, mm. but pick one. <laughs> oh, uh, Beach Boys versus Beatles. Who's a, who's a better band? Probably Beatles. Yeah, to me, good choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I win. Do I get a prize? Yes. <laughs> My favorite Beach Boys song was Little Deuce Coop. I oh, yeah, love yeah. that song. Just yeah. talk about street racing. Yeah, yeah, it was a good. Song. Is that where the love started? <laughs> I remember seeing the Beatles for the first time and hearing a Beatles song on a black and white television, and I remember the feeling like this was. This was supposed to be good, but something instinctively in me said that it, not that it's evil, but this is not completely right. Well, Something's not lining up. shifting. All of those people, you can name them, doesn't matter who. All of those people are operating in their calling, just not for the right master. Exactly. They're all worship leaders. That's exactly right. Every single one of them. But I wasn't a believer at the time. Yeah. But just, mm. I, I felt like this doesn't feel right. Something's shifting. Mm-hmm. Until I became a Christian and I realized, okay. It makes sense now. Yeah. We're, that, that had a huge impact mm-hmm. on everybody at my age. I mean, it was really a controlling factor. Wow. But I agree with you. Beach Boys, better. <laughs> and I was a surfer. Oh, man. I surfed four or five days a week. What was that um, that surf beach that you were telling me about? Rosa Chica. Is that what it was? Yeah. It, like huge waves that's like barely off the shore? Uh, well, sometimes that would be Bosa Chica. That's, that's, uh, that would be north of the Seal Beach Pier. But down in Mexico, that's where I spent a lot of time in Baja. Oh, okay. You know what I just there. thought of? I think I was in like fourth grade. My teacher made me write a report on the endless summer. You know that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking you would have been alive. Like you would have been surfing when that came oh, out, yeah. right? Because oh, it's yeah. like a 70s movie about this guy. And it's like a documentary from the 70s that travels around the world looking for the perfect wave, I think. And it's called the endless summer because he chases the yeah. seasons. Because you know how, oh, like, that's cool. when we're in summer, they're in winter or whatever. Yeah, yeah he chases the seasons around yeah. the world. But yeah. he chased some crazy waves. Yeah, just absolutely crazy waves. I mean, I like to surf, but I wouldn't surf. I wouldn't get in the water with anything over ten foot. Mm. Over ten foot, I'm out. You know, I just you're like I'm good. <laughs> it's too aggressive. Yeah, and I I had a really close encounter. I, you know what it means when a surfboard pearls. Mm-hmm. Okay, it pearled. I had an 11-foot Jack Haley. Those of older people in there would remember Jack Haley, a, a board manufacturer. An 11-foot board pearl went straight down. I went straight down. I went in the water. It came up like a ping-pong ball. You let it go. Yeah. Straight up in the air, came down, hit me, 
right on the top of the head. And a huge gash in the top. I still have a scar up there. And I was probably 50 yards offshore. And I still, to this day, don't know how I got to the shore. God. I was sta- <laughs> yeah. I was standing in knee-deep water, blood all over the place, and people standing around. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I love surfing so much that I wanted to go back, and, of course, they wouldn't let me go back. Uh, the first time I ever got the... The, uh, the air knocked out of me was at a youth group surf camp when I was in fourth grade, and I thought I was going to die because I, I got on a wave. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't know what happened, but it just took me out, and I tumbled, and I tumbled all the way to shore. I rode the, the same wave all the way to shore, oh, just you did? getting thrashed wow. all the way through. <laughs> well, thankfully, it took you to shore, though. Yeah, yeah. and, and like I couldn't breathe. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and I just remember praying, like, God, please open up my airways. I didn't know what getting the air knocked out of you was. Like, I oh, never really? heard of that before. Really? Never had that? You know, and then, you know, about 10 seconds later, all of a wow. sudden, my air would just, like, start coming back. And then I was like, okay. So I told the so somebody, I told somebody, like, oh, yeah, son, you got the wind knocked out of you. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. All right. You're like, I wanted to be kept inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how they surf on the little little boards. Those the little things. Because mine was 11 foot. You couldn't. There were some houses you couldn't get an 11 foot surfboard in in a back yeah. bedroom. Oh, yeah. I mean, 11 feet. But anyway. I love seeing the beach houses that have the, the little stands on the outside. Yeah. Or like yeah, hooks, yeah. whatever. Lean them up. In the, uh, yeah, um, it's so cool. Mortgage their whole life just because they want to surf. You know, like those houses. Yeah. Are, Freaking three million dollars for a one bedroom, one bathroom. No, like, that's a cheapie. Yeah, that's a cheapie. Yeah, yeah. but they want to surf. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. Well, people go out there super early. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, go out early in the morning. And, but you know, it was it was a fun sport. It was enjoyable, but it just took my life. Mm. You know, it occupied everything. Five days a week. I mean, I would leave school at three o'clock in the afternoon in Downey. I, I would stick my, and those are the days when you could put your surfboard, and I had a, a 1959 Ford Fairlane 500 station wagon mm. <laughs> with blue tinted windows, and I'd stick my board in it, leave the tailgate open, because nobody'd steal your board. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'd get out of school at 3 o'clock, jam to Seal Beach, and surf until dark. Wow. Yeah. Every day. Every, oh, five days a week. That was your Did- homework. Right. <laughs> I didn't do homework. That's <laughs> Did you ever have any close encounter with like sharks or like? Oh yeah, yeah. Especially down in Baja. Yeah, there were a couple times when we'd see something go under us. Or I don't trust you. I don't trust the <laughs> continuity of the story. I know what you were doing in Baja. You might have thought you saw something, but oh, well, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. Well, there were times when I went out surfing. I shouldn't have been underwater. Mm. You know, I was just too weird. <laughs> but that's funny oh, pastor man. bob's like you see the shark everyone's like that's seaweed man <laughs> well no you didn't say seaweed because the only thing i'd hear is weed that become your direction oh, oh, so i wonder huh, does this work the same you know the scary thing is is i used to run weed back and forth across. i'm not back and forth but across the border because it was so cheap there and we'd buy it untrimmed We'd buy the bush, buy bushes, and we'd buy giant three-by-three boxes full of it. And we'd throw it in the back of a Volkswagen bus, not even trying to hide it, mm-hmm. and drive across the border. And oh, They just thought you guys were landscapers. Well, we put the surfboards on there, you know, and, and uh-huh. they think, oh, the bunch of surfs that never entered their How mind. did you get caught up in that? Was it like a friend of yours that was like, hey, Bob, you want to sell drugs or like what? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I was even, – even when my, I was a sophomore in high school – I started, I'd take a gallon jug of Red Mountain wine and I'd put it in my locker and I took a piece of surgical tubing, put it in the jug, run it through the vent in the locker because I always wanted a top locker. And then for a quarter, you could come by and take one Stop. drink. Stop. That's, oh that's where I got goodness. all my gasoline money so I could go to the beach. And I'm telling were, you. I'm were, telling you. This is I'm, the greatest story I've ever heard. I'm destined for greatness. <laughs> because if my pastor did that, when I was in high school, I used to take NyQuil from Walmart and split it with uh, Powerade and sell it really for $5. There's no oh, law enforcement listening. <laughs> $5 for some NyQuil and Powerade. And kids were thinking they were drunk, but they oh, were just wow. a little 
drowsy. <laughs> drowsy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's use that word. I'm just oh, saying. Man. I that's my example. Just it's a miracle I never got caught. I don't know how I ever ever got caught, but that's how I got my gas money to go to the beach. Man, you know, and that's when you know you're paying probably maybe eight cents a gallon. Uh, yeah, maybe eight cents a gallon. See, I still vaguely remember, and I could be maybe some cents off, but I remember. Was it like 47 cents? I don't remember that. I remember 99 cents a gallon at Texaco. Okay, maybe that might be closer. Texaco gas station, but I I was probably two or three. I remember my mom stopping there and 99 cents a gallon. Wow. Wow. Maybe I'm thinking $1.47. But 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 no, that's when everything was. And I remember it going up to $1.50 or $2. And and my parents throwing a fit. My dad throwing a fit. Yeah, my dad was throwing a fit. He was like, what? It's going to cost me $30 to go to work. Mm-hmm. At the yeah. time, though, he probably like he was still working in construction, but he wasn't making thirty dollars an hour because of mm-hmm. inflation or whatever. When Susan and I got married, we could—I'm not exaggerating—you can ask her—we could fill a grocery cart for twenty-five bucks. What? I mean, fill the cart. I mean, and there was paper bags in it. We didn't have mm-hmm. plastic, right. and it was just like cram for twenty-five bucks. And we go away going, man, that's a week's. That's a week's mm-hmm. salary, and we were, well, we were on missionary status. We did not get paid, mm. and so we lived on the gifts of people. Mm. And but the twenty five dollars for yeah. a grocery cart. Now you multiply panties for a can of soup. <laughs> yeah, now I can't even walk out of Walmart spending a hundred dollars, and I don't even know what I bought. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah, that's crazy. T- I'm like, I don't even know most of the time. Yeah, I don't know. They say that eventually. They say eventually it'll come around. Who knows? <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it, if it's going to come around, it's it's going to be crazy because the market's going to the market's wobbling right now. Right. Not to go get too deep in the the economy right now, but they're out to squash this thing. And you know, if anybody who's listening, man, live in your faith, learn to live with less. Don't be cheap. Take care of other people, and you will do more than survive. Mm. Keep so, your heart on Jesus. On that note, living your faith, we actually have a super exciting announcement and something uh, fresh and new kind of coming to DP City. In September and October, you're going to be teaching a class about the book of James and right. deep diving into it. We're right. calling it Living Your Faith. So mm-hmm. it's a really cool class idea. I like it. Yeah, especially because it takes not just the concept of, like, live living faith but living your faith yeah i love i love how alexis in the image she she did that add in you know yeah and and you know the book of james is a powerful i mean the entire bible is powerful but to realize that the book of james and this is part of what we'll be talking about is james grew up with jesus Mm -hmm. as a half brother of jesus what was it like for him to see his brother (laughs) do miracles and and we're like, wait a minute, that dude, you're my brother. Right. Mm-hmm. And there was a transformation. I personally believe that when Jesus was baptized by John and he was baptized in the Holy Ghost, something so dramatic happened. Not that he wasn't the son of God in the flesh before he was baptized in the Holy Ghost and the water, but he was normal. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they didn't see him as God. So when we read and study the book of James, you realize this guy grew up with Jesus Mm -hmm. and then watched what happened when the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit came upon Mm -hmm. Jesus. And I think we we don't realize not that we'll be Jesus. We can never be Jesus. But the same power that came on him can come on us. Mm -hmm. That there's something beyond being born again. You can actually be filled with the Holy Spirit exactly as Jesus was. I get this picture in my head of James learning how to like swim for the first time and Mary just being like, yeah, that's nice, James. Jesus walks on water. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I love that meme where it's um, like, you know how like the mom's trying to convince uh, kids to get to take a bath and all that. And so Mary is saying, get in the water. And Jesus is standing on top with his hands crossed. <laughs> it's a really funny meme, though, together. Yeah. And that's why he had to come in the 1800s or the 18, the pre-1800s or whatever, A.D. time. 
because he couldn't. Eighteen hundred A.D., eight hundred A.D., whatever, zero, no, thirty-two A.D. B.C. Oh, B.C. BC 32, thirty-two, thirty-three B.C. I was like, eighty is after death of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he had to come in thirty-three B.C. Because if he came in nineteen ninety-two, would have been a different ball game. Oh, that would have been interesting. <laughs> that would have been really. But I, I think it, we'll go back to James. If you're thinking about the Book of James, and if you're listening to us you're really going to want to jump in on this because we're going to go verse by verse. We're not going to just, we're not going to do the theological thing, but we're going to help the book of James just jump off the page and become relevant Mm -hmm. because this guy went through the ultimate transformation. He grows up with Jesus before anybody but Mary and Joseph Mm -hmm. know who he is. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then he sees the transformation. And then James comes on board. I mean, what a testimony. What right. an incredible testimony about how to live your life. Right. You know, and he went through an incredible change. I mean, he had to be scratching his head going, wait a minute, my brother's dead, now my brother's alive again. I mean, what the hell are you course <laughs> is going on? Y'all were hanging out think- in Baja with Pastor Bob, apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you think he ever, I mean, because obviously Jesus was without sin right but he still was a boy absolutely you know so how do you think james felt like man i well if you if you for me i picture james growing up with jesus and jesus being normal jesus didn't walk on playing water. games mm-hmm. being silly yeah, jesus, right? you know you know i can i know people kind of criticize me for this but i personally believe jesus when he was learning to walk Bumped his head on things, right. tripped and fell. When he's running and playing with other kids, he scratches, scrapes his knees. You know, come on, he lived. He came, he was born a man. If he didn't live a normal life of a child in that era, he violated the whole process. Mm-hmm. He couldn't have had any supernatural help that wasn't already available. Mm-hmm. So. That's good. You know, even though they had the presence of the Holy Spirit, they didn't have the baptism. Mm-hmm. So, and that's when John baptizes him. And I, th- I mean, not John, but uh, yes, John. I was going to say James. <laughs> but you know what? I think at that point, you know, we come to realize that James is really, really a powerful book. And uh, when you get, capture the attitude and the concept, I mean, it can change a person's life. Mm-hmm. So, perspective. I really love... Um speaking about the Bible class in itself is that um, we're going to give them all a little like a folder with Mm -hmm. like a layout and um, almost like a real class all together, you know, like take notes, follow alongside me, make your own notes, highlight it. So um, we'll have that all for you guys um, on each day. I would just suggest bring some highlighters, you know, whatever it is, make sure you absolutely bring your Bible (laughs) Yeah. And, and come we're ready. Give, we're going to give them a, a completion certificate after, you know. It's a, hmm. Not that, you know, it's not going to be like a license or anything, but just something to say, you know, I accomplished this book. Mm-hmm. My heart is to get them to say, okay, what's the uh, next book we're going to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you start going through the books and you do more than just read them, you study them, you dig into them. You conversate, you pitch around ideas and talk about That's things. exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you you listen to other people. What's, you know, we're going to let them communicate again. This is mm-hmm. an edge class, you know, even though we've changed the name. Right. We're going to give them a chance to respond, you know. And so if you come to this class, this is the time to learn. Let's mm-hmm. learn. Mm-hmm. We need to dig deep right now. And I think that's what the body of Christ is definitely needing. I've, yeah. I personally have talked to quite a bit of different people within our own church that are like, I don't know how to read my Bible. I don't know, right. like, where do I start? Well, what does this mean? I, what version do I get? You mm-hmm. know, like all these questions. And it's like, it makes you just like, kind of like wonder, like, man, they're missing this. Like yeah. they, and they weren't taught, you right. know, what a perfect uh, way of going about learning. Well, and we're as a church and as a pastor, I am a topical I'm not textual in the sense that we go through books normally. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I have in the past, but my heart, my burden is for topics. Learn about topics, tie all kinds of stuff through the Bible. That's why I try to use, whenever I can, Old Testament and New Testament mm-hmm. scriptures mm-hmm. so they can see that the two belong to one another. Yeah. But now this is going to kind of flip it for the people in our congregation because they're going to hear what I teach on Sunday morning and topically. This is not going to be topical in the sense, even though it'll have topics, mm-hmm. but it's going to help them go back into that book and say, well, listen, if that's the fruit, and that, those are the, that's the gold, silver, and precious stones Paul talked about in the book of James, then they can start saying, well, let's pick another book, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and go pearl diving. Mm, that's good. I want to go diving. <laughs> have you ever have you ever done? Uh, not scuba, free diving. Oh, hey, listen, my my one experience with <laughs> snorkeling. We Susan and I went to Hawaii, and uh, we're on Maui, which is oh god, by the way, that town that burned down. Jeez, Lahaina. Oh, I didn't hear that, about that. that. You didn't? No. Oh my goodness, the whole. You got to go check it out. On, yeah. On, on YouTube, the whole town on Maui is gone. From like the volcanoes or like a fire started, and you got to read about this. The fire department didn't jump on board. Mm-hmm. They didn't turn on uh, the, the water system. That was crazy. But I forgot where I was going with that. So you went to Maui uh, snorkeling. Oh yeah, I was there. <laughs> thanks. Rabbit trail. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was snorkeling, and Susan was sitting on the beach, and she's reading. And so I was just having a blast. I was just enjoying and looking. And all of a sudden, I I got out over a ledge. And um, I was in probably six foot deep water. And all of a sudden, it dropped. And even though I'm in the water floating on the top of the water, all of a sudden, the pressure. I, yeah. No, no. I can't, it looks like I'm... Endless abyss. I'm on, yeah, I'm all yeah. over an abyss. And I had fear of heights. Mm. I froze up. out because I thought I'm standing on a ledge. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's when I realized I have a major fear of heights in my life. And then it wasn't too long after that that I had a friend, a doctor that went to the church, said, we're going to break your fear of heights. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you going to do? I'm going <laughs> to teach you to rock climb. Yep. <laughs> Do what? And he did. He he broke that fear of heights. Wow. And um, I'll, I'll never forget that. That's the only time in my life I've ever snorkeled. And where was the... <laughs> Maui. No, no, no. Uh, where was... Sorry. How high have you rock climbed? Um, I, uh, I've done uh, 1,800 feet. Mm. No, thank you. I don't even want to picture that. <laughs> long, long. And where long. was this at? Uh Yosemite. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I I loved it. I enjoyed it. I, I got addicted to the adrenaline. Mm-hmm. It just was like, and I would climb every chance I get. Oh, that's so cool. Loved it. So you went from surfing to rock climbing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and then bicycling to and running triathlons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Pastor Bob has always done crazy Am I wrong? Stuff. Am I wrong to assume that your favorite sport, though, is archery? Absolutely now. Yeah. Absolutely now. As a matter of fact, I'm uh, just getting ready in the next couple of days. I'm going to go on a archery bear hunt. Okay, real quick before we dive into that, I have a funny, a funny thing. So, the Lahine um, fires. This is just a testament to how funny Christians could be sometimes. Um, you can tell me your opinion on it, Pastor Bob. So the Lahine fires. The fire. Lahaina. Lahaina fires. <laughs> in in Spanish, that means the side chick. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But Oops. The, the fire, <laughs> it's not your fault. <laughs> the the fires engulfed the town, right? But one old fashioned white pillar church didn't get hit by the fires. And all these people are like, Oh, it's a sign, it's a sign or whatever, you know. But somebody counted and there was like thirty other churches in the town oh, that burned no. down. <laughs> and they're like, a sign of what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just funny how Christians can be sometimes. Yeah, you know? They're always looking for something. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, okay, I could get it if every church in the town didn't burn down. Yeah. You're talking about the one that got lucky, yeah. not the thirty of the others <laughs> that burned down. Well, like that church paid their paid their tithes. <laughs> paid their tithes, so they're good. So yeah, you're getting ready to go on an adventure. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, in uh, southern Arizona, there's a problem with black bears, and uh, I acquired a permit. Uh, and no, you were supposed to say, and I'm the answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to find out, because <laughs> I'm going with a longbow, not a compound. So it's a stick and a string and a leather stick, mm. and, uh, and so I'm looking forward to it. And it's solving a problem. It's not just going to, you know, thrill a kill. I don't, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. But um, this is solving a problem in an area. So in one sense, he's being drafted again. <laughs> and he's doing he's doing, doing his duties, yeah. <laughs> For my country, once a military or a countryman, always a countryman. I've, I've always enjoyed the outdoors, you know. And I, I don't I don't uh, I've hunted for decades, so I've uh, deer hunted for decades. So I've, what's the plan? You you hike out, ride out. What's the plan? Hike out, hike out, uh, dry bed it. Um. Well, we, you hang around where the water is. Mm. You have to have water. And uh, that's, you know, you're going to have to figure out what the problem bears are, make sure it's not a sow with cubs. So you, you can start a fire, right? No. Oh, no. We're, we need we're to gonna get be him a fire the, starter. We're going to be in the southern. No, he can start a fire. He's, he's not going to start a fire. <laughs> oh. yeah, yeah. Oh, gotcha, yeah, gotcha, that's gotcha. In the desert of uh, uh, Arizona, southern Arizona. So it's oh. in the hundreds right you don't want to start a fire out there. So what are you thinking you'll be, you know, three nights, two nights out there? Three in, nights. Three nights in the wilderness, just you and your guide? Yeah. Wow. Just going to go out. And, and I love that. I've, I've done that for years, you know, and I, I, I really enjoy it. And whether I get a bear or not and, and help ranchers and solve a problem, that's not the point. I just like going out. Do you I get like to keep show. the bear hide? Pardon? Do you get to keep the bear? Oh, Absolutely. Talking about oh, fellowship, oh. though, I'm sure oh, the, I'm sure some of the best fellowship you've ever had is out there and in, in those. My the guy that uh, the guide that because uh, in Arizona on a bear hunt you use a guide. Uh, the guide is a personal friend. He's mm-hmm. a Christian, and uh, a really really nice guy. So we just fellowship, get in the word, have a good time, right? You know, and and hunt and eat. Right. <laughs> so, do you do you hunt anything for for food, or is there something you won't touch? No, I will eat anything. <laughs> you can't you can't come up with something that I won't eat. Yeah, mm. So, I'm, I have a cast down stomach. But no, my my feeling is if you hunt, if you go in my hunt camp with one of my groups, if you kill it, you're going to eat it. Mm. If you get if you shoot a skunk, you have a problem. Because mm. you're gonna skin it, and you're gonna cook it, and you're gonna eat it. So I mean, does that taste bad? Skunk? Oh, I'm sure. I, w- I would never eat a skunk because oh, I never okay. shoot one. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, the the smell would go out before you had to skin it. We had a time in, in uh, Montana in one of our elk hunts where uh, the ranchers begged us to kill porcupines mm. because the porcupines would go out in the pastures. And the calves would get curious and oh, get no. quills in their nostrils mm-hmm. and in their mouth, and they couldn't nurse. Mm. So the, the fish and game said, okay, let's, let's deal with the problem. Mm-hmm. So if it's something that's beneficial, you know, mm-hmm. it's an effect in people's lives. Do you know who Freddie Prince Jr. is? Freddie Prince Jr.? No. Yeah. You know Freddie Prince Sr.? The comedian, yeah. So yeah. his son, he was a um, his son is an actor, right? And he's probably in his fifties now or forties. Huh. But he was like a heartthrob in the nineties or everything. But he loves food. He's a big foodie like you. But he's like a hunter yeah. as well, and he'll oh, eat anything. Oh, good. And um, he I has like a <laughs> he has like a sushi spot, or he used to have a sushi spot in L.A. that he'd always go to all the time, and he would always go there, and he would never order anything because the owner knew him. So he would just sit down and whatever, whatever the guy brought out, yep. he would eat. You know, yeah. never question anything. Yeah. And one time he he tells the story better than I could because he experienced it. You know, and his the guy that owns it was like, "Oh, Freddie, I have really nice stuff for you. You you want to try?" And he's like, "Well, yeah, of course. You know, I'll try anything." He's like, "Okay, come come over here." And he takes him to a different room and he gives him this cut of sushi. And Freddie Prince said it's, it was the most delicious thing he ever. Mm. tried 
And he's like, oh, what is that? And he's all, wale. He's like, wale? I've had walleye before. Like, no, wale, wale. He said, well? Yeah, well. It was whale meat? It was whale. It was orca meat. Ooh. The guy told him. And Freddie said, hey, like, the world he, get he felt, Freddie said that he felt so bad afterwards, of course, you know. Yeah, yeah. But when he was eating it, he was delicious. like, this is like the most delicious fish I have ever it's had like so much in my life. And like probably it, tendered so well. It must have been a, you know, a situation where the fish and game had permitted it. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure it was black market type oh, really? stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I got it. Because that's it. why he pulled them in the back room. And that's, oh, okay, was, I yeah. got it. Gosh. Uh, that's too bad. That's too yeah. bad. I mean, the Lord put animals here for us to eat. You yeah. Know? And... It's just when the people have take advantage of it for, you know, they just want the hide or whatever, like the massacre of the buffaloes in the, right. in the 1600s. With, with the whales, the whales, right? The whales, too. Yeah, whale oil. and mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I know whale soup was really popular in Japan for a long time. And it's not weird to think that people eat whales. It's just it's not mm-hmm. in today's society. It's not ethical, which poses the question, you know, where people talk about like sexual sin because mm-hmm. things that are normalized now were taboo in the 20s or 30s right. and so it you know pulls in a question where it's like you know to be sexual immoral is a sin but if the cultural standard changes does the sin change you right. know what i mean and i don't believe that but it's the question that people right. will pose right. because the cultural standard is different and you have they to remember to compromise on. yeah you don't have a cultural standard or a world standard you have a god standard or you right. should have a god standard yeah. You know moral I mean? code and that should be your code yeah. not what the world is right. deeming okay yeah. but that's the excuse that people will yeah that's will come up with you well know? it's too bad because people take advantage of you know the changing in cultures and that but you gotta you know you gotta follow your heart you know you be convicted in your heart so mm-hmm. but yeah i think you know hunting is a is a good thing it's a natural thing it's in the bible and uh, a lot of people are against it, and that's okay. I, well, people don't it. realize the tags and the licenses and all the stuff that you pay to hunt goes to national parks and, conservat- and conservatories. Yeah. Like they're, they're like, oh, protect the animals, shut down um, hunting, but they don't realize what funds national parks and conservation okay. is hunting. That That is the thing that funds it. That's it. They don't get any other government Well, it's the same government thing like with the, the fires that, like, you have to, at, I forgot what the time frame is, but like certain parts of the land have to go through that rebirth in order to um, to reproduce, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. better better harvest altogether. Right. right. But I think, you know, if people that complain about hunting, um, they should go to a, um, forget what they call it, where they bring cattle in and they butcher them. Mm-hmm. A, meat, a meat farm? Uh, uh, yeah, but... Yeah. Um, if they saw how uh, cattle are handled, uh, sheep and goats and cows, and if they saw the way they're treated, they wouldn't buy store meat. There was mm-hmm. a a uh, a show that I used to watch. I think it was called like Trading Places or something like that. And what they would do is take two people from different walks of life and then make them, you know, like walk in each other's shoes for like a week or something oh. like that. And they did that with like a vegetarian or. But not just like a regular vegetarian, but like a like a super overboard pita type like okay. person and a hunter. And I remember the hunter or I remember the vegetarian person at the end of it, they actually took them on somebody took them on a hunt and they killed the deer and they you know, they saw that it was ethical killing, it wasn't like murder right. and they skinned it and it was hard for that person to right. to stomach. But at the end of it all, they were like they, their whole mindset was completely changed on hunting. They're yeah. like, no, no, no. These people, it's not that these people hate animals. Like, these people truly right. do love animals. Right. You know, and it's just they're actually making themselves a more natural part of the ecosystem than right. what we are outside of it, you know. That's why on this bear hunt, it's a it's a conservation issue. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. It's an issue. It's a problem issue. It's not an ego thing, you know. And it's not, oh, okay, let's go on it. Because I... I could have gone bear hunting any other time I wanted in my life. Mm-hmm. This is my first bear hunt. There's a reason for it, so I'll do it. Mm-hmm. You know? Correct me if I'm wrong. So when um, women are never wrong. <laughs> I 
I have been. That's, that's, the, only time, that's the only time a man's right. <laughs> oh, that's good, Kyle. Give me fire. <laughs> so when um, when the the lamb would be taken to the altar um, in the tabernacle, uh-huh. yeah, there would be a thanks to God for that lamb that was able to be right. So I mean. I know, like, at least in, like, movies and stuff like that, you always hear about, like, more of, like, the Native culture, like, when they do a killing, then they, you know, they thank God right. for right. providing the animal, right. number one, so that way it can replenish them and continue them yeah. all together. Right. So do you do that when Absolutely. you... Um, kill a deer, um, whatever the case is, humanely. Like on this archery hunt, um, I will not shoot over 25 yards. Because that's not ethical, and I'm not going to take the shot if I don't if I think I'm going to wound. Mm-hmm. I'm out. I don't want to do it. So um, you know, and whenever we kill a deer or something like that, I'll always I don't pray to it, but I'll right. I'll put my hand on it and say thank you, mm-hmm. thank you for feeding my family, thank you for feeding my friends. Do you mm-hmm. drink its blood? <laughs> Damage, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen too many hunting documentaries where they make people do that. I am not the one. I don't. Oh yeah, where well, they go. Okay, take a bite out of the heart or bite out of the liver. That's uh, that's that's twisted. Yeah. Can you at least <laughs> do like the marks on your face with it, though? <laughs> like or like across your face? Oh my god. <laughs> no, but I, I do eat all the edible ornaments. Mm. You know, oh. I believe if you don't throw them out, you know, heart, liver, you know, everything. So, you know, it's about using it, being respectful. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that I, I really, I've been with Native Americans on hunts where they go through a, a bit of a ritual. Mm-hmm. For me, that's a little overboard. You know, they make it kind of spiritual. Yeah, they're thinking more of like Mother Earth concept right. than, right. or their past ancestors. It's Native American tradition. And, right. and if you're Native American, I'm not disrespecting you. I'm just saying, for me, it's not spiritual. It's simply showing respect to God's creation, mm. right? Which is, you know, significant, you know. And it's also keeping my heart. So I, I don't want to, you know, it, you know, I've killed some really big deer, you know. And, and if you have, I have. Well, you've seen them. I've got mm-hmm. a really nice trophy deer in, in the living room, giant horns and that. Well, sure, that was great, but it wasn't the horns. Mm. It's not the ego. Mm-hmm. You know? I think that's the whole thing about respecting creation. It's God's creation, mm-hmm. and we're going to answer for everything we do with it. That's right. So. That's good. All right, Pastor Bob, give us your best farewell message to our listeners. Keep your heart for out of it or all the issues of life, and stay focused. Don't pay attention to all the trouble that's going around you. Don't deny it, but don't buy it. Mm. Mm. And keep your eyes focused on the kingdom. Keep your heart for people, and don't worry. One of these days, you're going to die, and you know where you're going. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, we love you, DP City. Thank you for joining us today on Connect with DP City. Make sure you guys subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Bye.